episode of Nerd Parents is brought to you today by Chore Monster. Chore Monster is a web and mobile app that makes chores fun for kids. Sign up for your free account at choremonster.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Nerd Parents. This is episode 27, and this is the podcast where we come together every week in a positive space with a group of friends and parents to discuss parenting in a nerdy world. Just a friendly reminder, every kid is different, and so are we. So please do your research. Um, we're going to talk a lot, a lot of thing, about a lot of things on the show, so um, everyone's a little different. Uh, so I'm your host, Nicole Spagnolo. I have a two-year-old son named Mateo, and every week I have a great group of parents joining me, and we have one of our regulars back, Miss Carrie. Carrie. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you guys might know me on the Frog Pants Network as Cleo from TMS, and my name is Carrie Chai, and I live in Kansas City, Missouri. I have three children. Sarah is almost 15. My daughter, Eden, is 12, and my son, Colin, is four. I'm so glad to have you back, Carrie. We missed you Yay, last week. I haven't talked to you since the Utah. I know, the Nerdtacular. I know. It was yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, and another person we uh, talked with, that Nerdtacular, which I'm really, really excited to to have on yeah. the show because I'm a fan. I'm a fan, Matthew. Is oh. Matthew Peterson from Major Spoilers and Critical Hit. And is there anything I'm missing? Because I listen to you on Major Spoilers. Well, let's see. Um, uh, Major Spoilers. Critical Hit, I know, is on Frog Pants Network. Yep. Also, uh, I'm not on it, but I believe Frog Pants also carries our uh, Munchkinland. Oh, yeah, Munchkinland. I'm, I'm also a part of Zach on Film and Top 5, which is possibly my favorite show because we get to talk. And I do the, I do the thing where... People will say, hey, what do you remember? And I'll go, well, back in the 80s, and then Zach will fall asleep, <laughs> which is fun. You guys do so much over there on Major Spoilers. It's an amazing website if you haven't checked it out, listeners. It's Majorspoilers.com. Feel yeah, free to check it out. We, yeah, Stephen, Stephen is very proud. We have at least one podcast come out per day, um, which I'm very proud of, too. We do like nine things a week. And oh, wow. I get wow. to be a part of like seven of them, which is really just ridiculous because I'm awful. Um, <laughs> I actually have a, a child of my own. Yeah, on, you're on the a nerd parent. She goes by Widget because, Aww. well, my, my wife is like, don't say her name on the internet. We have a friend who likes, he had the, what is it, the check-in thing where it's like four square chunk. Mm, mm-hmm. I am at here with my four children, oh, ages yeah. here, and here's a list of their fears. I'm not a fan of the four square. Right. And I, you know, so I try not to identify the child. Uh, but if you really, really listen, I say Molly often, so I'll try not to. Um, <laughs> so how old is she? She is just now 10. Okay. She turned 10 this year, and I'm now at the point where I've always told her, and she told her grandma this and got me in trouble, but I've always told her that when she turns 12, we're going to put her in a box <laughs> until she's 18, at which point we're going to make the solemn decision of whether to let her out or cover up the air holes. <laughs> So you, good idea. so you probably yeah. enjoyed the conversation we had at Nertacular with Mr. Scott I Fletcher. <laughs> I love that. And I, I, I actually too. set in on that. There was one show that I absolutely really wanted to see, and that was yours. Some of the others, mm-hmm. you know, were wonderful and unexpected. Yours was one of the ones that I sat because, not because my knee was hurting, because I wanted to be there. Oh, thank you, Matthew. Thank and you. certainly not meaning to denigrate anybody else, because I love everybody. We, you, we accept all forms of bribery and... Right. Right, the compliments get you everywhere with the nerd parent staff. <laughs> All I got is Monster Rehab in the red flavor. So, <laughs> so uh, you do you own a comic book store? Am um, I remembering that? Because I know you 
Or you work at a comic book store. I work I, at sorry. a comic book store. It's, it's kind of a long and complicated It feels story. like that, it's yours to me. It, it kind of does. <laughs> in 1998, I moved to Topeka with no job and no prospects. And by the end of the week, I had a regular day job and was working in the comic shop. And so off and on throughout the 90s and the 2000s, I was working basically at the store. It changed hands. And the boss was like, can you come back and help us? We're trying to get some family together to keep the store afloat. That was eight years ago. So I still work at a comic store that has, in fact, changed hands, but I don't own it necessarily, but I talk like I do, and I think that makes my boss mad, which, you know, hey, what are you going to do? You licked it. It's yours. I did, exactly. And (laughs) technically, I predate all of the owners as an employee, so really, I'm kind of like, I'm like Les Nessman. You can't fire me even if you want to. <laughs> oh, nice WKRP throwback there. Uh, you know, there will be references. I, I do. Apologize. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous for that because I'm like, I hope I, I hope I live up to Matthew's expectations and can Aww. hang with him. Oh, <laughs> it's so sweet too because somebody actually came up to me at Nerdtacular, and I won't tell you who, but it was a girl, and she's like, Nicole is excited to have you on her show. <laughs> And I'm like, dear God, why? Oh, because I, I really, like I said, I listen to major spoilers. I've been listening to you guys for a really long time. Oh, you, cool. And you Thank always bring such a great perspective. And, I mean, does your daughter, like, with, with you being at a comic book store, is she into comics? Does that nerddom kind of it, transfer? It, it or how does it? There, there's actually a story about that that I could tell, but it takes about four minutes. Oh, that's totally fine. We're okay. here to do whatever. <laughs> when she was small, she would she would you know crawl and toddle around the house, and she knew that magazines in bags were daddies, and you don't touch them. Right. When she was four or five, she's like, "Daddy, is it okay if I don't love comic books?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine." Aww. The summer that she turned six, um, we had a scare where she was um, she was getting up in the middle of the night like 10, 13, 14 times to go to the bathroom. So we went to the doctor thinking maybe she had a UTI, Mm -hmm. and the nurse came in with a face. And I've seen this face. My mother was an RN for years. This is the face of, there's something you need to know, but I'm not the one to tell you, and I'm terrified about it. She sent us to the emergency room. They took her upstairs. Her blood sugar was over 600. Oh, wow. And they, they informed us that she is a type 1 diabetic, and we spent two days in the hospital trying to, you know, manage her blood sugar and get, get a whole plan together. Mm-hmm. She had an IV. She had all the stuff she hated. Never been in a hospital before. So I brought – I had a stack of Tales of the Bean World comics that I'd been intending to read. And I brought those to the hospital and we read them together. Aww. And we read them with voices, which <laughs> is really bad because now I have to do the voices. <laughs> but she has claimed those comics – and she now has her comic collection of things that she loves. But Tales of the Bean World will always be her comic. And she actually um, she wrote Larry Martyr a letter, the writer, to thank him and say, hey, will there be another volume soon? I oh. <laughs> See, I'm not familiar with Tales from the Bean. Is it Tales from the Bean World? Tales of the Bean World. Tales it's, of the Bean it World. Was, it was an independent, excuse me, an independent black and white comic in the 80s. Okay. And then it went away for a while and came back. And in the last two or three years, he's put out two different volumes. Oh, cool. Um, and it's basically this weird aboriginal existence where everyone, except for one person, is a little bean with legs. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it looks, it looks incredibly simple. It looks like, like woodcut drawings mm-hmm. or something that you could just scratch out. 
But if you try and draw what Larry draws, you'll realize this is so simple that he had to go super complex and then come back around. It's oh, a wonderful book. Cle- I highly recommend Cleo, does uh, Sarah read comics? She does. I, I you know, I, I used to read comics a lot as a kid. Yeah, me um, too. And I didn't carry it into my adult world a whole lot. But as I got kind of actually, frankly, involved with a lot of the frog pants stuff, she became very interested in the whole idea of this girls can be nerds and it's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. type thing. And she got really into, uh, we have a friend who has a massive comic book collection and she got very kind of into checking out what he's got. He's got all kinds of boxes full of stuff everywhere. And when we were moving uh, from one home to the other about two years ago, my husband came across a long forgotten box of his own comics and they started going through those. So she's kind of at the stage where she likes to go in and she's very into cover art. So she, I really like the look of this one, and I'm going to read this one. And then she'll find herself picking some up that she just likes the cover art on, but then as she reads mm-hmm. it, she becomes really kind of obsessed. She's a mm-hmm. massive Marvel fan, so I'm sure she will start collecting and um, distributing those to her own kids when she gets older. But she really likes that. Um, and, and she tried for a little while uh, to draw her own, which was Aww. kind of funny. Um, but she's having a good time with it. And I think that they're a great distraction. I read a lot of Archie as a kid, like you oh, know, the classics. And You're going to laugh when you know what I... When I was in the hospital a lot. Uh, they, yeah, were they, were at, they were at every grocery store. You could just I'm pick them up you. on the end cap. Yeah, for me, yep. I re- have a lot of memories going to our local Kroger and going to the comic book rack and finding the latest Tales from the Crypt. Yes, <laughs> I, I, that's the, that was the one I would re- read all the time. I just loved I the twisted tales of <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. And that was really the only one I read. That's as a comic book. Kid. You know, it's really Colin wonderful. Would probably is, liked him quite a bit, yeah. actually, because he's at that age where yes, that's you, honey. I said Colin, and he went me across the room. <laughs> um, you know? I think he would like them because it's the way they're digested. It's a lot of pictures and yeah. some words, and not mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, books to him are, where's all the photos? Right. So he wants the, the the visual imagery, and I think he would probably be really into that. So maybe today we'll go pick him up a couple. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Matthew, what were yep. you going to say? Uh, you actually dated yourself yeah, by telling me what you read. Um, that, that That's the sad part of working in a comic <laughs> store for 20 years. I'm like, so you're 15 years younger than me. I'm really old. Hooray. <laughs> Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it was fun. I loved it. And, and of course, the you know, when they came out with the show on HBO, that was like, oh, my comic book's alive now. <laughs> so cool. And the voiceover artist on that was terrifying. Yeah, he was. I remember them oh. having, like, marathons, and I would just, on the weekend, I mean, I was an inside kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went out on occasion, but for the most part, when, uh, when they had those marathons, it would just be like, 48 hours of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. That's all I watched. <laughs> Just stay inside and watch TV. That's how it works. Yeah. So, uh, um, I guess we could go into some of our ups and downs. Matthew, we, we kind of talk about what's on our mind. It doesn't have to necessarily be from the week. It's just stuff that's going on. Uh, I usually kick it off. And um, I've said on the show before, we, we decided to get a new puppy. We, we actually lost our Doberman of 12 years um, last year in September. It was a really hard loss. And I really missed her. And we decided to get a, a new uh, puppy. And... It was it was probably the hardest decision I've ever had. Well, not I've ever had to make, but it was pretty damn hard because we came to the conclusion that it just wasn't right for the family. Um, um, Mateo, who's two, was not bonding well with the puppy, and 
every morning, every day was uh, just screams, like blood curdling screams. And Sansa, no. And, and what we were seeing is his reaction to the dog. I mean, he mimics us. So it's constantly no and stop. And, and we just were, we got to the point where I, I hated it because I'm like, oh my God, I've become one of those people. But it's amazing how, you know, 12 years can, it can f- make you fuzzy with what a puppy is really like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, unfortunately, and we found a home for her last night. So and it was really emotional. I cried, I cried all night. Oh. Uh, so just a warning to those parents out there. They're like, oh, we have a toddler and we're going to get a dog and uh, just wait to the toddlers can ask for the dog that's all i'm saying right now so yeah. it's just it was hard so that was my so. big down lessons learned right have you have yeah. either of you had experiences with animals with your children that w- just kind of was like well i wasn't expecting that <laughs> we hit, we got her a hamster when she was about three or four mm-hmm. and by we i mean her favorite aunt got her a hamster and said here you have a hamster now um, what a nice aunt. <laughs> the thing about a hamster is a hamster is a little rat with teeth. Yeah. yeah. You can't pick up and pet a hamster necessarily. And if you do, that hamster can bite you. Yeah. So, you know, having the, the pet inside the, the little plastic ball running around the house is fun for a while. But it was, it was one of those things where she was devastated because hamsters, they're a little rat. They live like a year. When the hamster oh, died. Oh, no. Yeah. It was a horrible morning, a horrible moment. Oh. But we actually, we still have in the backyard a cross marking where the hamster was. Aww. She, she went out and we had a whole ceremony and we actually had it again because mom wasn't there. So when mom got home, we had it again. But it was something that at the very least we dealt with her loss and mm-hmm. tried to make you know, her understand that sometimes these things do happen. Yeah. And then, you know. I, uh, I had experience, well, I think it was probably like four. My earliest memories of, of animals, we had a dog named Macho. And mm. I think I was around four years old. And someone hit him on purpose. Oh. And I remember that being a very kind of vivid. And my, I was sitting on my swing set being sad. And I'm, I just remember that whole interaction with my dad and my dad trying to explain it to me. And it... it it made sense, but uh, of course, you know, I was still sad. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think what I was most um, unsure of was why someone did it. Like, mm-hmm. but he would, he would, he was a big dog and he always protected me, right? So mm-hmm. I think he probably might have bit somebody or something. I'm not oh. sure. But yeah, that's, I mean, when you introduce animals to kids and things like that, you, it comes with a whole, whole thing. How about you, yeah. Carrie? Um, I, Aaron and I got a dog before we had kids. So we had um, mm-hmm. my I had a golden retriever. Her name was Frisbee. Aww. Loved that dog. <laughs> dumb as a rock. Loved her. <laughs> stupid. Um, and then Sarah came along about three years later, and Frisbee uh, became very different. She would oh, interesting. obsessed with the baby. Yeah. Loved everything about the baby would get the baby's toys and drop them at her feet. Like, just loved everything about the baby. And she was wonderful. When Eden came along, um, Frisbee went through another bit of a change. At this point, she was about seven when Eden came along. And um, 
my daughter, uh, Matthew, my middle child, is disabled, so she has seizures. And at this point, she hadn't really been diagnosed with anything yet. She was an infant. Mm-hmm. She, was, she wasn't diagnosed until she was almost two months old, but she was having seizures, and we didn't know that's what they were. Um, and Frisbee used to go and sit at the edge of her bassinet and just sit and stare. And then would put a paw and try to scratch the bassinet when she was what we realized was having a seizure. And then she'd come and get us and the tail would be wagging and she'd be kind of crying. And we're thinking, God, this dog has to pee all the time. We had no idea what was going on. And then looking back, we realized she was trying to tell us that the baby was having seizures. So we had her for, gosh, we had her until she was almost... I'm going to say almost 14. Yeah, usually. Um, yeah, and she developed retrievers. a tumor on her right side. And it was something the doctor said, you know, come or go. We can, we can take it out. We took the first one out, and she was fine for a few years. And then um, we uh, had we got another puppy, the dog we have now, because Frisbee has since passed. We got them at the same time. We have a small, um, she's a combination miniature dachshund and chihuahua. Oh, and wow. her name is Sesame. And Sesame used to sleep on top of Frisbee. <laughs> like, Ses- Frisbee was the big pillow, and yeah. Sesame was like, oh, awesome, place to nest. How, how, old was and, how, how old was Colin when you got Sesame? We didn't have Colin yet. Oh, okay. We only had Eden and, Eden and Sarah. And then we lost – I was pregnant with what we – well, what we thought was going to be Colin. I ended up losing the baby. But we, um, we lost – I got pregnant – Frisbee used to just kind of like bury your nose in your stomach and be like, mm, there's more children in there. I can tell, you know, <laughs> and then uh, we got Sesame and she loved having Sesame around, had no problems with it. Um, and she, Sesame was great with the kids and, and everything seemed to be good. We lost the baby, got pregnant again, had Colin and we've had we lost Frisbee to cancer, but we've had Sesame ever since. And I think what's good about Sesame with Colin in particular is that she is small. Mm. So she's not like a size yeah. combatant. You know, they're not eye to eye. That's what it's our not big mano a mano because exactly. they're both the same size. And I think that's good because yeah. I think that Colin understands that Frisbee's our pet, not Frisbee, Sesame's our pet, and we love her. Um, and we need to be gentle with her. She's not a baby. She's a dog. But yeah. she sees, oddly enough, I think there were like six other dachshunds in the neighborhood. We're going to look like a cult. Um, there, <laughs> there's like six of us that have dachshunds in the neighborhood. So she sees the dogs and she's not freaked out by it. But I think it's really good that the, mm-hmm. she's small. So Colin understands, you know, you be gentle with pets and that's the way you act. Yeah. Other than that, around here, what do we have pretty much? We have mostly fish. My husband's big into aquariums. So we have a big 55-gallon tank downstairs with Is fish it in it. Salt water or? Uh, um, freshwater. Freshwater. He yeah. is, and he. Colin loves to go to PetSmart and watch the parakeets. So that may be our next oh, purchase. I don't he want a bird. Loves I, no the birds. Bird, no birds. Yeah, I, my They're grandmother bad. hated birds. Crap she used to everywhere. Warn me, no birds. Um, he <laughs> loves the birds. He likes the birds because if he bobs his head up and down, the parakeets dance, and he thinks that's the coolest thing in the world because he made them do a trick. But he's um, <laughs> he's not real. Like I, I had a guinea pig for a little while. Her name was Mushu. We name all of our animals in this house after Asian foods. That's awesome. So. We had a hamster named Wonton for a while. Now we have Mushu, the guinea pig. Mushu died about two weeks ago, and Colin's response was, oh. So, I mean, he's just not. Yeah. He's just not as keyed into the whole death process. He's just kind of like, oh, that's an extra shelf now. Cool. Let's put some stuff on it. He just doesn't kind of connect that way. Yeah. But I think if and when we lose Sesame, he might be kind of like, yeah. oh, well, that's that's different because that's a part of our family. and. Yeah. I interact with that more often, but he seems to have done pretty well, and the dog does pretty well. I think, you know, there, we have a lot of things in our house because Eden has a lot of equipment, mm-hmm. so there's always kind of a cacophony of medical white noise going on, so mm-hmm. she tends to be a little bit spooked, you know, yeah. when an alarm goes off or something beeps, yeah. but 
for the most part, she's been real great with the kids. Jumps up in Eden's lap the minute she gets off the bus and wants to check her out. Okay, you all good? All the parts they need to be? Okay, good. And she jumps down. Um, And kind of leaves the kids to their own. She's very passive, which I think is another very good trait when you have children in a house, having a dog that's passive. But you don't know Um, how the dog's going to be. Until you're there. Until you're there. Exactly. And And I think that, you know, growing up with a golden retriever, she thought everything was enormous. She thought she was a hobbit living in a land of giants (laughs) because all the dogs were big. Yeah. Um, So she became very passive just naturally. So whenever Colin goes over to touch her, she immediately lays down and puts her tummy up in the air and is just like, oh, God, please don't hurt me, small child of doom and... Bloom. But for the most part, it's been a pretty easy road for us. Do I think he's formed a super attachment to her? No, but I think that's just because he doesn't understand that mm-hmm. she could be gone someday. Yeah. You know what I mean? I advise fish yeah. as a starter. Yes. Yeah, pet. fish. Because I, I, you can sneak another fish in that looks just like the first fish. Yep. Feeder no goldfish are a wonderful place to start. But is that good, I, though? Because I feel like that's kind of lying to the kid. I mean... It, it it kind of is, but there are some times where I and this sounds terrible. I actually recommend in certain situations, not necessarily lying, but you can't always give the child all the information. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I think if you, I think that the whole idea of like that loss, mm-hmm. not understanding that they don't come back. If you have another one there, you can say, "Hey, you know what? The first fish didn't make it, but I found one that looks just like it. Let's let's keep that fish." Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of a oh, there's a fish there. And they can process the loss of what happened to the other one a little bit easier, knowing that there is always – it's not like all fish are gone off the planet. Right, you only right. had the one, the one Frodo, yeah, and yeah. you lost it. Stupid so, Frodo. I, I always think of the Cosby Show episode when Rudy loses the fish. Yes. <laughs> and they had the, and they f- the funeral the at the funeral toilet. The toilet. <laughs> I did the replace the fish game once with a betta fish. We Sarah Ooh. was about six, and she had a betta fish, and she named it Clementine. And – I Clementine, I all of a sudden one day I went and Clementine's, um, thank you, Frisbee, again, ooh, nice segue, had knocked over the fishbowl. Oh. And I scrambled and cleaned everything up, and she was coming back from school, so I ran to the store and got a betta fish, brought it home, plopped it in the fresh bowl. Good, good, good. Came home, oh, look, Clementine's got a new bowl. Oh, so pretty. That went well until she found Clementine in the carpet about three hours later. You didn't pick oh. up the fish? I didn't see the fish. I <laughs> grabbed all the stuff that was in the fish tank so and thought did, I must have gotten the how fish did you First somewhere. rule, always look for a body. <laughs> always find the body. I would the be first a horrible rule. gangster. <laughs> If you don't find a body, they're not dead. Ben Grimm said that in Fantastic Four number four, and it's never been more true. I had no idea that betta fish will actually Harry carry out of the bowl. They will yeah. jump out oh, of the bowl. Weird. If you and listen close, you can home. actually hear them yelling in babble Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> they put weird. a little bandana on and they dive out. Yep. Oh. For the fathers. Um yeah, she had committed suicide and launched herself out of the bowl, and um, I, she was wrapped up in carpet fibers, and Sarah picked her up oh. and said, what's this? Is this like a gummy bear? And I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, don't eat it. Don't and, eat uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So I said, why don't you give that to me? Oh. And uh, yeah, but then I just explained. I said, oh, maybe I think Clementine fell out of the bowl, and then she was looking at me like, you cannot yeah. be trusted with information <laughs> in the future. But I mean, she got it, but I get you. I understand that whole, I don't want to lie to them. Yeah. There's some, you know, when they're little, yeah. and if they, if you don't think that they're old enough to handle the concept of death, buy yeah. the fish. Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know? or, I mean, like for me, I mean, I was little, but the dog, I found the dog. So I had, yeah. they had to explain it to me. They yeah, had to let different. me know. Right. 
you know, so, but I, I really, I think for Mateo, it's going to, when we get another dog, he's going to have to ask for it. And I'm waiting, I'm counting down the days (laughs) until he asks for a dog, because I think you were right. The, the, the dog was too big. Even they were at eye level and whenever he would run, she would chase him. She thought she was playing and then knock him over and scratch him and all. It was just, it was a mess and I, I hated it, but Yeah. Um, Matthew, do you have any, anything you want to share ups and downs? I didn't have any really ups, unfortunately. I actually had an up and a down that related to the exact same thing. Really? Yeah. And I said earlier, I was, I was over in Missouri. This is the thing. Every summer, Widget goes to grandma's house in Phoenix, Arizona, usually for a week or two to spend time with uh, her grandpa and her Coco. This year, she's 10. This is the first year because of scheduling and because of mm-hmm. mom's new job that she flew alone. <gasps> oh, well she's a done. big girl. I know. And in, in order to prepare for this, my positive was I went, we're going to go. And I'm like, we've been thinking about getting her a cell phone. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to be that parent who buys the top of the line cell phone for a 10 year old. I'm not right. going to be that parent. <laughs> We go to Verizon. We're in the Verizon, and I'm like, Molly, we're going to pick out this phone. We're going to get a new phone. And the woman says, well, the basic flip phone is $49.99. I said, okay, what do you got that's less expensive? Well, you can get an iPhone 4 for $0.50. Cents. Oh, my gosh. What? And I said, I said, wait, the iPhone 4? She's like, yeah, that's the bottom. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get her a top-of-the-line smartphone. I'll get her a bottom-of-the-line <laughs> smartphone. And, and that's save forty nine dollars. <laughs> exactly, it's a fifty cent phone. Now, I did, you know, I added a line to my service, but my service isn't going anywhere. I've I've had this provider since nineteen ninety seven. Right, had my phone number. You know, I'm not one of these teenagers who changes providers because somebody has a new phone. So we get her this phone. The plus is it's just like mom's phone. She already knows how to use it. Oh, She's yeah. got everything she needs. And a smartphone means I can program it and mess with it so that she can't, you know, call random people or text random people or, or do things that are bad. So that's my big positive. Did you happen to see the, the Lifehacker article? Um, I put it in the show notes. It's funny that you're talking about this because it's, a, it's, it's, it's an app, but it mm-hmm. tracks the kid's time and location. Oh, and I did it's, see that. It's called Dinner Time. And it works really well on Android, and it just came out on iOS, so the the reviews aren't as great. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they're still kind of tweaking it because of iOS's just base functionality. <laughs> but it's something iOS's that, control your mind yeah, and make exactly, sure you stay right? part of the thing. Yeah, so I thought it was an interesting concept to kind of be able to track their their usage via the app. So I do I do have an app that the provider uh, gave us that allows me to control. Basically, the phone will be able to dial calls to numbers that we've decided and text to numbers that we've decided. So if it's not in her contacts and we haven't approved it, she can't call that number. What app is that? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's actually something through the provider. It's a parent parent control thing for the smartphones. Oh, interesting. But it it costs me like $8.50 a month, so I may have to look at soon. Yeah. But my not-so-positive came. We get her all packed, right? First solo trip. She has done this a million times. Yeah. Child is a type 1 diabetic who's wearing an insulin pump. So I'm thinking, no problem. We go, we get in the line, we get to the thing. The ticketing lady tells her she can't have her kit with her medical equipment because it counts as a third bag. And my wife is being kind. My wife is being 
understanding and trying to explain this is a medical, right. this is medical, she can have this and her two carry-ons. And the girl's like, no, no, no. I practice what I like to refer to as cobra parenting. <laughs> I am in the grass. I am low to the ground in the grass. You don't notice me. I'm fine unless and until that child starts to cry. Mm-hmm. When the little girl starts to cry, I rise up to my full seven feet, open my hood, show my fangs, and make a rattling noise that sounds like a dog. <laughs> so the little girl at the ticketing counter is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you'll have to, you'll have to. And I'm like, you do understand, in my full big boy voice, that we've never done this before with your airline. And she has flown multiple times with your airline. And the young lady kind of looked at me and went, oh, well, whatever, just go. <laughs> you just, it was, you just it was scared her into letting you. <laughs> I love I just, that. I just Backpack full of C4. Matthew's getting that sucker on the plane. He's going to so make it get, happen. Then we get to the TSA agent. The TSA agent, for the first time ever, says you have to empty out her insulin, her, her diabetic kit of everything that's in it. What? Her insulin and her needles. You have to empty it out and you have to put it in the bucket. Nope, 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 nope. And my wife is like, but, but, but we've never done this. And, and the woman's like, nope, we have to x-ray it. I'm like, you cannot x-ray active insulin. You're like Obi-Wan. Like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she's like, and she has the bucket with the insulin and the things in it. And she starts to push it towards the x-ray. And my wife reaches out and grabs the bucket. And I say again, you cannot x-ray active insulin. And the girl is like, well, do you want me to get to TSA supervisor? I'm like, I think you should. Yes. And she's like, and I'm like, you will not x-ray active insulin. And the third time she kind of got it, the TSA supervisor apologized for mm. a good five minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And then he tries to explain to me how you can x-ray the pump. Mm. And this is the point where my wife practices the two cobras are scarier than one parenting <laughs> Where she rises up to her full height and explains to her that the manufacturer of the pump says don't x-ray it. The doctor, the endocrinologist says don't x-ray it. The people who make the insulin say don't x-ray it. And of those people, the one who probably has the most medical device is not the guy making minimum wage to apologize to me because of the girl at the TSA counter. But I'm good. We're fine. And... Molly, you know, she's upset and she's trying to apologize to people for crying. Aww. And I'm like, don't apologize. No. You've done nothing wrong. And mom's like, don't apologize. Cry harder. I want them to see <laughs> yeah. what they have done. <laughs> we I'm should like, go somewhere just as a family trip. You and I would have a hell of a lot of fun at an airport. Oh, oh, oh. yes. I've got a kid with an implant, all the devices. Good God, we'd yeah. have a good time. We will take some people down. The, this is the thing. My mother-in-law is a, is a lovely woman. And, you know, we have about... 10 words of conversation every year. The only time we ever team up is when it regards the health of her daughter Mm -hmm. and her daughter's daughter. And the one time that she and I actually both got angry with the nurse at the same time, it was visible from space. It was like (laughs) that. It was a super cyan battle where all of a sudden a second combatant is here. Mother has arrived. That's awesome. Yeah, that was ugly. So does Widget wear a pump? She does. She actually, we saw the pictures this week of Miss Idaho. I was just going to ask what she thought of that. She thought that was awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Very good. And that, cool. Was what, that was what upset her. She wasn't upset that the girl was stupid. She told me, I knew that girl was stupid, and I knew you would give her the big boy voice. And I'm like, you can use your own big boy voice, too. She's like, I, I was going to, 
But I felt so bad because they were treating me like I was a stupid, bad person because I had a disability. Oh. And I'm like, no, honey, she, here's what happened. That girl knew her rules. Mm-hmm. We challenged her rules, which meant she had to establish her authority as the biggest dog in the room. And she did not realize that her establishing her authority was not going to fly. And she's like, well, that makes sense. And I'm like, yes, Molly, it's daddy's theory that sometimes scared people make stupid decisions. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that she's still not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, and then well, she, she got, she she got to Phoenix okay? On the plane. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. Well, she wasn't the only kid traveling alone. Oh, good. So they set the kids together, and apparently they had, uh, she had a ballpoint pen in her bag, and so the kids drew tattoos on each other <laughs> and got to Phoenix looking like a couple of sailors on awesome. leave. Awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, she, she was very happy. I don't, I don't know that I'm going to ever say we can let her fly alone, but in, yeah. in the future if we have to. Yeah. As, as long as I get to go through security with her, yeah. I have no problem with letting her fly yeah. alone. But that I, was scary. I'll that tell you. was. I'm glad you and your wife were there with her. Um, oh, no. She, does, she would not go somewhere. Yeah. So, Carrie, how about you? Let me see. Um, downs, I'm going to say were more of last week. Last week was hell week. Yeah. I got back from vacation expecting everything to be fantastic, and my husband met me at the door with, I'm going to Cleveland. Bye. <laughs> and the kids are in a corner yeah. eating pizza scraps. <laughs> he travels. Aaron travels pretty frequently for his work. He's yeah. a vice president of a toy company. And Ooh. he will travel internationally. And he's – but they will say to him, in, you know, in a hot heartbeat that this store is going to hell in a handbasket. We need you to handle it. And he'll go, all right, well, where am I going? And they said, you're going to Cleveland for a few days. And he went, could it at least be someplace fun? Sorry, Cleveland <laughs> listeners, but we all, we're all aware. Drew Carey so, tried to convince us that Cleveland was awesome. Yeah. I'm like, and no. bear in and mind, he, we're in the Midwest, too. We yeah. know how bad it can get. Yes. yes. So he's – and it took him – I could have driven him to Cleveland. It took him almost 16 hours to get to Cleveland oh, because wow. there were storms and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And he just started sending me pictures of the hotel, which was lovely, saying, do you want to come visit? I'm like, I don't ever want to come to Cleveland. I, no, this is ridiculous. <laughs> just turn around and come home. I just got back from vacation. The house looks like something exploded. Like, come on now. So coming back from vacation is hard here. Yeah. I think that my husband – is very quick to acknowledge, oh, God, I didn't know how much you did when you were here, which mm-hmm. is nice, and that's always appreciated. Um, but it never seems to stick in his mind that he should act appropriately. <laughs> it's not the first time I've gone away. You know not to let the house blow up. So that is that's uh, kind of a down, is that coming back from vacation, you're feeling kind of relaxed and ready to do things, and then all hell breaks loose, and you're like, oh, no. Um, and then the upside is... Less than two weeks till school starts. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then they're out of the house for eight hours Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got my son starting um, preschool in the fall, which is really exciting. Um, and he is going to have his teachers going to come to the house and meet him next week, which is really fun. And so he's kind of looking forward to that. He bought a, we picked out a backpack online and all that fun stuff. Um, my oldest is starting high school which may or may not be to the benefit of anybody in this home. We're not sure yet. Um, But she seems pretty excited about it. And uh, Eden is starting what would be called junior high in her school. Um, She goes to a school for special needs kids in Kansas City, and it has kids uh, in age range from 5 to 21. So she would be considered a seventh grader based on age. But they they pretty much do life skills, and that's where they do their PT and their OT. Um, But I'm looking forward to getting them back in the swing. It's always good for Eden to get her 
back into a very regimented system of PT and OT, um, kind of get that first week where you've got to get it all out of the way what's where you PT get to know the other people. And I know I can't be the only one going. What's PT and OT? Oh, PT physical therapy, oh. OT occupational therapy. Okay. I, sorry, I'm throwing around I, the lingo yeah, like I everybody mean, knew. I'm sorry. Like, no, 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 that's okay. I'm trying to I figure it out because, because I do it. Yeah, because I do it, I forget that everyone isn't used to it. Um, so it'll be really good to get her back in that swing because it's really good for her to get um, back into that. We could send her. She qualifies to go to school full year, but during the summer, it's only part-time days. So mm. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. to get her up, get her medicated, send her to school. She'll sleep for three hours and come home. So, And she wouldn't get the benefit of that physical therapy and right. occupational therapy. So getting her back into that is going to be really good for her. And mom will have the house to herself, which would be oh, really yes. sweet. Just oh. just for a little while. I don't care. Just for a little while. Be you, nice. I, I get two Tuesdays to myself. I get the rest of today and next Tuesday to where there's no one else in the house. And I'm just like, ah. Oh, oh, yes. And oh. this is the last week. My other up. Ooh, this is the last week of volleyball practice for my daughter. She's been kind of drafted to play mm-hmm. varsity basketball. Uh, no, basketball, volleyball. Um, and she's, she's, for a little kid, she's a little powerhouse and she plays really well. But it has been every morning, there's an hour at the gym, then I've got to come get her. And then it's an hour or two hours of volleyball, whatever the coach mm-hmm. feels like. And then you got to go get her. And then she does that every day. And it's just driving all over the place for just like an hour. It just, if I could sit in the parking lot, like, for that hour, that'd be great. But, yeah. hi, it's Missouri and it's the summer. How so, about no? So, we got an email for you, Carrie, um, about this topic of driving everywhere. It, and I have to read it to you. Um, this is from Saska, I believe. I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. <laughs> I was listening to your discussion about your, about your 14-year-old that has to be driven everywhere and was reminded how different life is for us. I live in Harlem. Uh, in the Netherlands, and the kids go to school by themselves when they are eight. Uh, they have a bicycle have a bicycle traffic test when they're about eleven, and at fourteen, they take their bicycle all over town. I'll have to arrange something for soccer games out of town, but that's it. For now, I have to take my four year old and six year old everywhere on my bike. Um, and she, so she was she was saying how different it is because uh, oh as God. as I don't have a driver's license, I'm very lucky. Uh, I was also a little amazed at how you're all so invested in your kids' activities. <laughs> you know what? There's something to be said for yeah. that. Because you know what? Living, Growing up on the East Coast, I grew up outside of Boston um, on Cape Cod. And there, there's not a huge level of – I'm not going to say there's not a level of parental involvement because there is. But like if uh, parents coming to a high school game, what? Mm-hmm. Like it, you were like, well, did your mom get fired? Like, right. you just, you didn't know why they were there. It was just odd to see them. Out here in the Midwest, I mean, parental involvement in the sports stuff is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm from the Midwest, and my parents would always be at my games and all of that. Because that is mind-blowing to because me. They had like, to, I can't even imagine. But they had to drive me there, you know? So why wouldn't they be at my game? Because that's the, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's just um, a distance thing. It must be. And I know that one thing, like I, I can... remember Terpster telling me this. He said, one thing I don't understand about you Americans is you drive the longest distances for the most ridiculous stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> we do because we, to us, it seems very normal. Yeah. From somebody who grew up in the Northeast, I'm used to traffic yeah. and I'm used to maybe a short drive. Now, the town that I lived in is outside the city. So I'd say 20 miles from downtown Boston, mm-hmm. but it's a suburb and it's 
congested the whole way in. So to me, it was just like, oh, you got on the highway. It took you an hour to get to the city to do 20 miles. Out here for the first six months that I lived in Missouri, and I moved out here in 1995, I would almost fall asleep trying to go seven miles because it's just <laughs> rolling hills and nothingness. And I yeah. was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. How do people go anywhere? I'm driving forever. But here it's the same way. If a lot of these roads, I live in a suburb called Belton, and we don't have a lot of sidewalks. Right. If we had sidewalks, I would let Sarah take her bike. Right. I have no problem with that. If better yet, I'd even probably buy her a scooter so she could go. Um, but – yeah, I have to drive her, and it's a pain in the butt. I think it's, it's in and out. It's the region, right, Matthew? I mean, we just yeah, live in a place. If it's an hour away, okay, it's an hour away. You got to drive to the you mall. Just do it's it. an hour. You know, the grocery station or the grocery store is you know twenty minutes away. Mm-hmm. People just—it's very rural in a lot when of was, areas. When I was fourteen, everybody was getting their driver's licenses, and we would drive places. You know, mm-hmm. and we were in uh, in Salt Lake City. Rodrigo and I had to go through the city to go to the airport and pick up another one of our uh, critical hit folks. And we drove for an hour in the city. Where I come from, you learn to drive when you're 14. And if you drive for an hour, you've crossed through the next five towns. We don't (laughs) have suburbs. We just have little towns seven miles apart. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, when when I was 14 and 15, everybody was driving. You'd drive, you know, at, at that point in time. I was living uh, with my grandmother. My mother lived 30 miles away, so I would sometimes drive down to my mother's house. And it was one of those things where I didn't really think about it being weird until I was in a situation where it was weird. Yeah. Because at one point, I very briefly lived in New York City. And I never changed my pattern of, I have a truck and I will drive places with it. Right, right. Yeah. Parking. Do not park. Oh, yeah. In the city, first of all. But more importantly, it was something where I didn't really need to because there were, there were transportation mm-hmm. options up the nose, you know. We never have that. I live now in a city that has a bus. Now, it doesn't cover the whole city, and it runs about 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. <laughs> but we have a public transportation system part of the day of sorts. You, you know, I, I had employees in my last job where I was managing a, a team of 20 who would count on the bus to get to work and i knew every saturday one agent would be late because he could either get on the bus at 6 a.m and be there an hour and a half early or he could get on the bus 30 minutes late and be there an hour late so i i really don't understand when people say you know why do you drive this distance i drove to utah oh yeah because yeah it's it seems easier than driving well first of all i drive the other direction go to the airport i'd buy two seats then I'd fly in my, my two seats all the way over there. Then I'd have to find a way to get from the airport. I'm like, just, I'll have a car. Yeah. I'll drive there. It was a bad idea. Throw your stuff in the back. Don't yeah. have to worry about it. it and it's, it's a point where literally you didn't, I didn't have to touch the steering wheel between about Salina, Kansas and Hayes, Kansas. You just get on there. You set it at 85. You're like, this is a straight line. Straight line, yeah. Nothing here but me and cows. There are big windmills now, but even those, you know, they're only entertaining for about five minutes. When you do, when you drive cross country through the mm-hmm. United States, you really get a perspective of how big. This oh my country. God! Yes, I mean, you it's, do. It's amazing. I, Wyoming I is yeah. forever. Wyoming sucks. It's like Hoth. I hate it. <laughs> it and is, we were leaving. Is, we were, we well, were leaving horrible. Utah. We went up into Wyoming to avoid the mountains, and you know, so you're in Utah for 20 minutes. 
You're in Wyoming for 17 days. <laughs> yes, it's I swear. And then you're like in Denver for half an hour, and all of a sudden I'm back in Kansas. I know my Kansas is just like, I'm fine. But Wyoming was four days of a 16-hour trip. When they started putting the uh, the signs up for the exits, they would tell you what – I was like, oh, I love – this is the best idea ever. It needs to be <laughs> everywhere. Um, I drove to uh, Utah two years ago for Nurtacular. Mm-hmm. I had five folks. One came up from Tulsa, three came down from Iowa, and we drove. And I left right after my work shift, and we drove straight through. <gasps> it took us about 16 hours because there was congestion and traffic and whatever. But, yes, right. I remember that drive. And I've driven from Kansas City to Boston uh-huh. and back. And I'm just You're used crazy. to it yeah. at this point. Yeah, no, I'm completely a lunatic. I had an infant and disabled <laughs> it's kid def- in the car. I, it's Absolutely. De- it's definitely stupid. a culture thing, I think. It is. I, it it is. definitely is. Yeah. And, and, there, and there speaking was a of point. that, I'm going to take two minutes and run and pick up my kid, and I'll be back before you're done with the show. Okay. Oh, I'll be right I'll back. Have fun. <laughs> Matthew, there was, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. There was actually a point in Utah about 12 or 14 hours into our trip where exhaustion combined with I'm, – I'm a sea level Basically, I grew up literally at sea level. So a lack of oxygen and exhaustion, I found myself driving. I'm perfectly calm and all of a sudden laughing like a lunatic. And the people in my car were like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's entertain him so he doesn't crash into a mountain. That's good. That was fun. Yeah. Did, have you taken long trips with Widget before? We try not to. Usually, um, most of the trips that she takes are to Phoenix. I don't. I, I haven't ever gone to Phoenix, mostly because of my work schedules. But it's pretty dang we'll, hot here too. Yeah, I li- we drove I her Phoenix. to Denver a few years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, and that was pretty interesting. At that point, she was still taking injections, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we had to stop a couple of times, and we at one point did an insulin injection with the uh, Penfill on the road at at speed. It's just like, give me your arm. <laughs> We don't have time to stop. Just eat your hamburger here. That's when you know you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> Insulin on the go. So Exactly. Um, all right. Well, we have a, a nice little segment every episode called Family Game Night, where we talk about just games, apps, anything we're playing together. That's a little fun. Um, I, don't have, I don't see anything listed here for you, Matthew, but I'm guessing you might have something for me. Maybe. Maybe. Would you like me to go first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, on Netflix right now, I think it's Netflix. Oh, I got to check. Um, we're a big fan of all the streaming cartoons, and Netflix coming out with those profiles has been mm-hmm. huge for my – my because uh, I actually had my account set to recommend things that I would – actually watch and when Matteo came along it just kind of went to hell (laughs) because now it's like recommending thomas the train and all this stuff i'm like no this is not this is not my profile so i've been throwing my balance i've been slowly trying to get that back um and so Matteo has his own little profile and one of the recommendations uh was The Very Hungry Caterpillar, which is a classic book. And, and in fact, we have the book, but he w- had never shown any interest in reading this little book. But they animated it. And oh. it's adorable. So it's the same story about a very hungry caterpillar eating one apple, eating two plums, and so on and so forth. And I, he's on a, he's on a hang- hungry caterpillar kick. 
So I found they have an app. They have a free version. It's a light version. And then, of course, the paid version. I just, at this point, I'm done with light. I'm tired of him going, getting frustrated when he can't access certain aspects of the app. So I just go full, pay for it. Don't even mess with it. So, but there is, there is a light version of the app and it has like little puzzles and you take the caterpillar and do different activities with them. But uh, in addition to the little video, streaming um you can uh get the ios i think it might be on android as well but uh we have an ipad so that's what i have it on right now but it's like a dollar 99 or again there's the free version which is light so we're we're on a hungry caterpillar kick hooray (laughs) Hooray for hungry caterpillars i remember the caterpillar Uh, we actually widget made her own caterpillar out of socks oh when she read the caterpillar and she has a a great idea yeah oh well and At the time, her favorite aunt uh, actually lives in the lower level of our house. And at the time, it was something where her big crafty thing was doing with fabrics and stuff. Right now, she's into beads, which are a lot more messy with the child and the cat. But this last Christmas, there's actually a setup for this. I've got, I'm going to do the setup because that's what I do. (laughs) Several years ago, I was working in a terrible, terrible place. But the one thing they did was they actually had really good. Uh, competitions to see who could be the number one whatever. And I, I don't like competitions, but I won a Wii. Oh, the Nintendo really? Wii. Yeah. And our Wii was giving out, so this last Christmas, I thought, well, I can get a new Wii. And they had this Wii U, the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I, you I have still to don't have it, it yet. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you like it? Th- I do. And I, the main reason I like it is because we watched Apocalypse Now for Zach on film. And I watched it on... Uh, so either iTunes or Amazon through the Wii, but the Wii U, the little screen, the touchpad screen, mm-hmm. I can set it for X-ray mode, and it was telling me about the movie, about the actors, about the characters. So you'd see two guys on it, and it would bring up their IMDb profile, and oh, it would show cool. you who they were. Yeah, yeah. It was really oh, awesome. That is but neat. One of the things on the Wii that we've always done is we had the um, the karaoke game, mm-hmm. karaoke one? revolution, karaoke revolution. We got something similar, Just Dance, I think it's called, mm-hmm. or Just Dance. Yep, Just Dance. So that Widget can go, we, we sing, and I, I actually am kind of proud of singing, but I don't do it in public. <laughs> me, me too, we, me too. We get together and we have the family sing, we have karaoke, now she can sing and dance. Oh, fun. So she gets in her exercise, she's yeah. really worried now, she's at that age where she's like, oh, am I fat? Oh, no. And I'm like, no, honey. I'm fat. She's like, but I weigh a hundred pounds. I'm like, yes, and you're five foot one. Yeah. This is something that you know you're you're. We're going to deal with this. Your body is going to be the flux. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about it, absolutely, you can exercise, you can run, you can ride your bike. But I don't want you to obsess about it. No. Yeah. You know, it's so hard. A- I I have to imagine it's really hard for young girls, especially um, with. Social media, number one, and mm-hmm. Photoshop. I mean, when we were young, there yes. was not Photoshop the way there's – I mean, there are whole campaigns yes. to, that are trying to get magazines to stop Photoshopping so much. It's, it, it really is one of those frustrating things because body image is something that I've never really been particularly – sensitive to. I've never really been attuned to it because I've always been the heavy kid. I've always been, you know, I, as as a grown-up, I'm the fat guy. And I'm really sort of fine with that because I'm in my 40s. I'm, I'm used to it. And there are times when people will, you know, say something and 
bruise my feelings. But, you know, again, I'm in my 40s. My feelings get bruised when I go to work. You know, I, it's something that happens and I deal with. But seeing it happen to a little kid, yeah. seeing it happen to a girl in those formative, you know, she's 10. She wants to be 18 yeah. so bad. And I'm like, 18 sucks, baby. It, yeah. it does. You don't want <laughs> You don't want to be 18. 18 sucks. I, I remember being her age and it, it's, it's the kind of thing that just sticks with you. And, um, a little boy told me I had a big butt and it oh. stuck with me for my entire life. And I had bouts of all of uh, everything that probably what you would expect. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's hard for young girls and I can't even imagine mm. I really hope she she's able to kind of, you know what helped me, mm. getting into things that I felt proud of. So I was really good at softball. I was really good at you know things that I really enjoyed. I, I liked to draw. So I my my mom especially kind of made sure that I had those outlets to feel confident and try to rise above what my body was. Right. So exactly. And we, we do have an advantage in that she has to be aware of her food choices. Mm -hmm. She has to be aware of what she's eating and what she's doing and what the carbs are. So, you know, if it comes to a thing where I, I never really worry, never have really worried about, you know, are you eating healthy? I eat a lot of things, but my doctor gets mad because she's like, you, you don't have a lot of the things that come with it. I eat a relatively balanced diet. I just eat too much. Right. I, you know, that's something that I've always done. She doesn't necessarily have that option. She has to be aware of. Because of her if diabetes, I, right? Exactly. If, you know, if I go and have ice cream, I have to have the amount of insulin. I have to be aware that you know, she has an insulin ceiling, too. The pump will only give her a certain number of units per day. So you kind of have to be aware of that. I've always told her, you can eat anything you feel like. But A, you have to eat all of it because we're going to dose you mm -hmm. for the insulin. And B, you have to be responsible about it. You have to think, I can't go and have dessert for breakfast every day. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I'm really trying to be aware of it because my wife has recently, in the last five or ten years, lost about 150 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, she is at a, a comfortable, healthy weight and she's fine with it. I'm not, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm starting to be less fine with it as I near 50, but, mm -hmm. you know, I want to make sure that the child grows up at least aware of the things, that, as, especially aware of the relationship with food and how weird that can be. Yeah. So. I find it, if I'm just aware, like, um, I was wearing this little band for a while. It's, it was kind of like a Fitbit, but uh, it was called... Body, I can't remember. I'll put a link in the show notes, but I wore that for a month and it tracked my sleeping patterns. It tracked um, my activity and then it's, it would sync to my account. And then I, I had a little app that I put in my food. And just by doing that, I lost, mm -hmm. I lost 10 pounds and I was like, whoa. And I, re I didn't really exercise much. Right. Uh, it wasn't like I changed. I was just more aware of everything. Mm -hmm. you, and that, were, you were paying attention to things that you normally wouldn't. Exactly. And I found that when I did that, it was it was kind of like, oh, do I really want to do that? Because then <laughs> I got to track it. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's part of it. You know, yeah. people will tell me, they're like, I forgot to eat. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I've ever done that. I, now, yeah, I, have, I don't know that I've done that either. I've forgotten that I did. already ate. <laughs> yes. 
once or twice. Like, I just had something an hour ago, and I really want something to munch on right now. Yeah. So, and it, it's also a, like a social situation, I think, too. We get just into in, in some of those. Like when I game, like mm-hmm. I could have just ate dinner, and I'm like, oh, I really, really like Pop-Tart right now. <laughs> so it's it's social. So I think, yeah. you know, helping our kids – identify that stuff is is important um i actually found a link to that um petition that i was talking about it was a change.org and it was for 17 it was 17 magazine did it and they of course they they basically a bunch of teens said hey 17 magazine please stop photoshopping and they did this petition and uh they got a victory uh and the magazine said they and they they said we're not going to do it anymore so Seventeen Magazine, I thought that was pretty – and it was one of the magazines I read as a kid, you know? So Now if they can just do it for the adults. Yeah. Because yeah. the – I mean, the, I, to some degree, I definitely agree that you, you have to be aware of the teens. But sometimes people underestimate the effect you can have even on a grown-up. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I don't know. No, I agree. I'm back. I agree. Yay, we're back. Hello. How are you? Hello. So Just Dance We is there – Anything Anything else you want to add or any cool – do you guys play, play board games together or anything? We play Monopoly, but generally on her iPad. Oh, yeah. That's, that's because, a great little app. Yes. And the thing about that that's great is you can set it to do the house rules cheats. Oh. Like the – you land on free parking. You get all the money. <laughs> that's you awesome. Can, you can set it to start the game with all of the properties out and established. So – then everybody has their properties and you have to trade for the Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually play against the computer and we destroy the computer. I, I have to say, I've never finished a Monopoly game via board game, but I've finished it on the app. What does that say about me? I don't know, but... <laughs> uh, it says that Monopoly gets complicated near the end. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, when you have the computer, you can just go, I yeah. quit. <laughs> so, Carrie, have you guys been playing anything fun? My 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 son and I, I got an iPad Mini a few weeks ago. Oh, um, my son and I have been playing uh, an app called Heyday, H A Y D A Y, and it's basically kind of like a Sim City for a farm, mm-hmm. yep. which is a lot of fun. And he's been loving it. He'll bring me my iPad when I get the little um, forwarding message that says, "You know, eggs are ready to be collected." Mom, we got to get the eggs, um, and you got to collect. You know, you got to grow crops and do that. He loves it. Oh, so cool. we've, been, we've been having a lot of fun with that. Yay. Yeah, um, we on Lazy Lee. Uh, Stephanie's a big fan of Heyday, and so is oh, Kim. Oh, the friender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, um, here's some eggs. And then we got it. We we got an email from Scott Whitlock. He said, "Hi, Nicole and company. I just wanted to thank you for your show, and specifically for the endless apps." And he had it in quotes. So the endless alphabet, endless reader, and endless numbers recommendation. My son Trevor is 19 months old and in the past few weeks he's gone from enjoying watching us play the games on our on our lap to completing them himself. He started pointing out letter sounds in in other uh, contexts. This means that when uh, that when Trevor and I took his mom Karen to the butterfly show in Cincinnati this Mother's Day, he kept he was kept happy by pointing out ya 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 and ba 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 and ra 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 on all the signage we uh-huh. were, as we were waiting in line. Um, Karen was actually the one that recommended to me the nose aspirator, and I thank you, Karen. <laughs> that nose aspirator has been wonderful. Thanks again. We always enjoy the show, Scott. So, I are you familiar with these apps, um, 
Matthew? I think I'm only, the only way that I'm really familiar with them is you had mentioned them, yeah. I think, on the Nerdtacular panel. Uh, they're just, and I had bumped into they're one. They're so of them. great. Um, I can't, I, I talk about them a lot. And uh, I think we've even. I think uh, someone was telling me I was at, I was talking with another parent, and she's like, "Oh, th- these apps are so great!" I'm like, yeah, the endless alphabet app. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always talking about how great they are. So I'm really glad they're working for you, Scott. I know Mateo still plays <laughs> with them on a the the numbers one is really cool because it teaches them math. So really? not only does it it teach them numbers, but then it will take the number and it will so like let's say the number is five, mm-hmm. so they find the number, they identify the number, and then it changes and it goes three plus uh, two. And they have to line up the numbers and so they match the numbers and then it says three plus two is five and then the five has five eyes and they have to hit all the eyes. So it's very interactive and it's it's a fun little it's a, a little bit older so th- there's, I feel like the endless alphabet is for the younger and then it kind of goes up to the reader which is identifying small words and sentence structure and then mm-hmm. the numbers is a little bit older than 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 that but highly recommend them can't say enough good things um we also have some solicited advice so this is the point in the show when uh listeners send in emails and we do our best to to answer those emails so last episode eric and i uh, we're talking about uh we actually got an email from a listener that had recommended uh, hiding veggies and mm-hmm. uh, recipes for basically for picky eaters. Um, and we got an email from, let me, uh, Lisa, who says, don't hide the veggies, all the capital letters. <laughs> no! So, so this is what I love about the show. Because there's so many different opinions out there. I knew there probably would, would be this opinion. So I'm glad Lisa wrote in. But um, she says, when parents sneak ingredients into their kids' food, it suggests that you think the veggies aren't likable and need to be hidden. If something, uh, if something were delicious, why would you need to hide it? I don't see anyone sneaking cookies into the pasta sauce to you. <laughs> she has a very That's- valid point here. <laughs> I'm going I'm to do that. That sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, it sets up your family for the lack of trust. And when they ask you for you what the green or orange flecks are, what will you say? Um, how bugs. will they? <laughs> those, are, those are bugs. <laughs> how will they learn to actually like the flavor of the green or orange food if they aren't given the opportunity to eat them separately, prepared in a delicious way? Parents have to put more effort into the kitchen. Uh, I agree. I've, uh, this is like my biggest source of guilt here. Not only do they have to make meals for the family, they have to take time to puree or chop the vegetables as well. Who has time for that? Exactly. Uh, the purees don't go a long way. They're uh, there may only be a teaspoon or less of the veggie puree in each serving. So what's the point? Uh, it can be confusing to the child when suddenly their parents are encouraging them to eat brownies because they contain spinach. <laughs> do parents do that? I don't know. Um, put spinach in them. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Something other. I'll send you my address. I need some. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, what about <laughs> the brownies at the cafe or at little Samantha's house? Uh, the same is true for chicken nuggets di- dipped in cauliflower puree. Why is it okay to eat them at home and not at the drive-thru? Uh, she, she links to a blog post uh, mm-hmm. called What's Cooking with Kids? And the blog post is called Is There Spinach in Your Brownies? Um, and 
it's referencing kind of this topic. And, you know, I agree. Um, I will say that uh, it's hard. <laughs> I, put the, I put the carrots, I put the peas in, on his plate. He never eats them. But you know what he does eat? He eats the veggie pouch that I give him. So, I, I mean, I give it, I put them in front. Do you guys have any tips on the veggies? I hide them. You hide them? Full on hide them. I have no shame. I will, my son is still at four and a half. He's still a big fan of the veggie and fruit pouches. No problem with them at all. And if he'll eat them, jackpot. I don't have any problem. And I wouldn't say I hide them, but my I'll say, oh, do you like that? Whatever I made. And my kids will go, yeah. And I'll say, you know what I put in it this time? This time I put in this. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's not so much a matter of having them understand that the vegetables on their own are delicious because they may not be. Right. I mean, you ever just taken a mouthful of kale and gone at it? Mm. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But if you juice it and you add a little bit of agave nectar or if you add a little fruit, they understand that it can be a vegetable and it can be made delicious. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be standalone all the time because that's not how any of us eat most of our food. Yeah. I put salt and pepper on everything. Like, yeah. come on now. let's. I, and like I said, I don't have a problem with this either. I agree. Put the, put the vegetables on the kid's plate. See if they like them that way. That's fine. But there are other ways to just – I. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Effin, um, we'll do it live. I guess I guess my point is if I put them in, if I if I do hide them and they ask me, I'm not going to lie to them. I'm going to say, yeah. yeah, there's like there's pears and peaches and peas. <laughs> what what I, what's with all the peas? I don't know. It's not like massive subterfuge. Like yeah. it's just not. Yeah. I think it's like if I don't. My kids will. They might you know if they're picky or they might pick through something. Like say if I made like a chicken pot pie. Yeah. My son will go, oh, I don't like the peas, and he'll take the peas out. But he eats the mashed peas. I've mashed peas into other root vegetables, and he eats it. I think it's just – I don't think it sets your family up for – and this again, this is just my opinion. I don't think it sets the whole family up for a lack of trust. Yeah. If It would be a lack of trust if my son didn't want to eat the peas, and I said, but it's bubble gum. <laughs> yeah, like, That's right. like yeah. a yeah. full-on out-and-out. I'm just trying to you tell know, you that it's something my- you like so that you'll jam it in your mouth. Like it's, that's, not, that's not the same. My as parents did that to me. They yeah. they fed me mushrooms, fried mushrooms, and told me they were chicken nuggets. And I'm sitting, sitting at the table. I'm like, I'm eating chicken nuggets. And then about <laughs> seven in, they go, they're mushrooms. And I go, oh. In, in, in an effort to be completely honest, I have done the same to my 38-year-old <laughs> husband. Um, he claimed, and my father did this to my mom too, so it's a funny little like lineage thing we've got going on with the lying about food. Um, claimed he hated eggplant, hated it, didn't want anything to do with it. Disgusting. Why would anybody eat a purple vegetable that looks like that? <laughs> when you cut it, it sounds like you're cutting styrofoam. Why would you eat it? Right. And then I made eggplant Parmesan and oh. I didn't tell him what it was. And nom, 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 nom. And I said, what do you think? Oh, that's really good. I've never had chicken Parmesan so tender. I said, that's eh, cause it's eggplant. <laughs> and he went, Oh, <laughs> it was just no, he had never even considered yeah. that you could make it into a form that he would enjoy. Right, right. So I think it's just that preconceived notion. You know, you exactly. can tell kids all day long that vegetables are delicious. One thing we used to do is I take my kids to the farmer's market just about every weekend and I let them pick out something they've never had before. And you oh, can, yeah, as long as you try idea. it, that's if you don't idea. like it, you can say you've tried it yeah. and we can look up different ways to cook it and we can try different things. My daughter and I did artichokes once. I thought she was going to kill me. <laughs> We're never eating these again. I said, okay, well, at least you tried them. But I know for a fact she said artichokes and different things in the past. She loves spinach artichoke dip. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's like yeah. just a matter of presentation. We're all guilty of this and yeah. our preconceived notions of food. So juicing is a big good way to do it too. Mm. And there, there's a point. I got really lucky because the widget will actually eat Brussels sprouts. Really? The way that mom cooks them, and she likes Brussels sprouts the way that mom cooks them. But I, you know, and this is my thing. I'm a grown man. I will not eat a cooked carrot. If you if you boil if you roast a carrot, it will be on my plate for eternity. <laughs> That that is the thing, that mommy, happens. mommy so, dear style, right? Yeah, and you know, it, you you have to give them the chance to to say, yeah. I don't like this; it does not taste good to me. But then there are times, you know, I, I I said it earlier in the show. I'm not lying to my kid, but she doesn't need to know everything that daddy knows, right? So mm-hmm. if it's something where you know this sauce has a lot of vegetable content that you wouldn't normally eat, that's not need to know information. For a ten-year-old or a six-year-old, just shut up and eat the food, <laughs> to some degree. Well, we also have an email from Anne. She says, "Hi guys, love the show. I have a four-month-old daughter. I've been, I've began to notice her watching and looking at the TV more and more. I try not to have it on too much, and when it's on, it's usually on HGTV or something like that." I just can't seem to go all day with no TV for me. I adore playing and interacting with my daughter, but after a full day, she gets sick of me and needs some downtime. Do you think it's terrible of me to leave the TV on for a few hours a day? I do try to mix it up with music, podcast, radio uh, during the day, but by 6 p.m., I just want to veg out in front of the TV before I put her and me to bed for the night. Any advice, Anne? Oh, Anne, I have, I'm, I, I'm relating to this email so much. It's ridiculous. Ah, <laughs> uh, the guilt of the guilt. screen time. We've talked a lot about screen time on the show. Um, do you guys, uh, Carrie, do you have any, any advice? I'm saying don't beat yourself up, number one. No, I don't, I don't think there's, I mean, I think there's one thing to use screen time as in, excuse to not spend time with your daughter. And I don't think that's what she's doing. Like, it's just like, Oh, you can be the digital babysitter while I hang out over here and, you know, like all these posts. Like that's not, that's one thing. And er you know what? Every now and again, everyone needs that too. When they're just, you just sometimes want to turn down the volume on the kids and say, go entertain yourself with the idiot box. Mom's going to go look at Facebook for a while. Cause you just need that, (laughs) that breakdown and that's okay. There's no problem with that. And I don't think that there's any problem with leaving the TV on a few hours a day. We do that for Eden. We, she has a TV mounted in her room, mounted up next to her bed. Frankly, I think the kids like it because it's different voices Mm -hmm. and it's stuff Mm -hmm. that they don't, they're not, you know, your daughter's not learning how to, you know, learning about buying and renting her first home in Hawaii on HGTV. (laughs) She's not assimilating the information and being bored by it. I think she's interested in much like my daughter is because she's neurologically about that age. She loves, she loves Food Network. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and get on the Food Network. She it's loves the sounds pretty. that come with it. She loves the energy in the host voices. She loves occasionally there'll be kids on there. The the bright colors. It's just an interest drawing thing that I don't think parents should feel like they have to be their child's source of Everything. focused attention yeah. and learning and information twenty four hours a day because that's not the world that they live in after you stop um, at the age of eighteen. Yeah, we're, right. we beat ourselves up. I think a lot with all the studies that come out. And what I would say to you is, how is your daughter reacting? Mm-hmm. Are you having a trouble? So after you watch television, are you having a hard time putting her to sleep? Then, yeah, maybe you need to cut the TV off at a certain time. Um, It's just 
I will recommend if you do have cable, check out Baby First TV. They have some really cute little shows. They have one that does contrast colors, so they do like a black and white. Um, and it's it's more about like Carrie says about involvement. Matthew, yeah. did you have any? I actually do. Um, I I was raised by a twenty inch Magnavox color television. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that I turned out kind of okay. But then you've been listening to me talk for an hour, so you can make that decision. <laughs> I have a very bright, um, and you know the teachers are all like she's exceptional. They've put her in you know the ex- the expanded reading classes, and they have her kind of as a little facilitator with other groups of kids. She's a very smart, very bright child, and she has a TV in her room. She's watched television to some degree all her life. At one point, we had those Baby Einstein videos mm-hmm. where she could watch the oh, sock yeah, puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. I think the main thing to look at is I believe in moderation in all things, including moderation. Mm-hmm. You do have to keep in mind that if you're at a point where you kind of need to take a break and you need to do a little veg out to recharge Feel your battery normal, so yeah. that something doesn't go wrong with with your child. That is something you have to keep in mind. You have to be aware of your own state as well. So I, I would not beat yourself up for, for feeling like, oh my God, I need to take a moment and sit and watch, you know, house hunters. People need to do that. Yeah. And even even children to some degree need to do that. But it's it's also how I learned to talk like this. So there's an upside and a downside. <laughs> I think that the the general perception in the world of medical professionals, because, you know, I spend so much time there, is yeah. that anything that you do to excess becomes a problem when it takes you out of your life the way you would normally live it. Yeah. So right. I think if you have a kid who, if you say to him, hey, let's go do something else, if they have a complete and utter, no, I have to watch the end of this, you know, yeah. bar, give or take a few years, you know, four-year-olds being four, they're really good at it. And they have tantrums over nothing, you know, what sock to wear, they'll lose it over it. But I mean, by and large, the most part, if you can't interest your children in other things, then maybe you want to consider the amount of screen time that they have because yeah. they found a connection with that that they're not willing to replace with other things. But I think, I, I don't think there's, I don't believe in the mom guilt of, I have to be the, uh, I'm going to feel bad if my child is is learning from television not from me because i i think some of i think tv can be educational i think you can find things in there and i'm not saying it just has to be the programming but it just the better you are the better your kids are going to be so when you can come to them to the table like complete and total because you've had 20 minutes to do nothing but like my favorite phrase of late is to get toilet polio by sitting on the toilet and playing crushing that candy girl go for it (laughs) do it because that it I, makes you I do it too. better when you come back to them. I'm like, Mateo, you need to go poop? Here's your iPad. That's right. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Absolutely. No, we all do it. Admit it. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I think that does it for a show. We've been doing it, doing yeah. the, the this episode for a while. Matthew, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Oh, thank you, thank you for tolerating me. Oh, I've had such no. fun. I, it was a great, great time. Um, oh. Just a friendly reminder that... Uh, this episode was sponsored by ChoreMonster.com. So head on over to ChoreMonster.com and check out their awesome app um, for uh, basically gamification of chores for your kids. Matthew, do you use this one uh, with Widget? Have you, have no, you I, just, it out? I just tell her what to do. You just tell her what to do. Go, go clean your room or I'm going <laughs> to yell at you now. Um, you can also 
check out uh, the live streams over at alphageekradio.com. Uh, we broadcast live every time we do the episode. We, on occasion, uh, go off schedule. Uh, but for the most part, we record every Wednesday at 9 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and you can head on over to forum.myextralife.com to talk with other nerd parents. In fact, uh, I'm encouraging people that are uh, sending me questions. In fact, we had a great question from Joseph who was asking about uh, cord banking that I have no uh, information on. I actually did that. You did? Uh, Yes. When Widget was born, we actually banked umbilical cord. uh, The the cord tissue, I guess, contains stem cells. Mm -hmm, Right. Right. And what they've actually done is they, they have frozen it and to my understanding, my mother-in-law explained a lot of it to me, but essentially it's a, a damaged – if, for instance, damaged or injured stem cells are in play sometime in her future, that cord blood can right. actually be used not only in some cases to help regenerate her tissue, mm-hmm. but those who are genetically related to her. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So I don't necessarily understand all the science of what they do with it, but essentially you have the access to stem cells and – Basically untouched stem cells because they came out of the umbilical, but they they are genetically widget, so they're half me and half the mother. And theoretically, I could use them to have superpowers when I'm old. Future baby, (laughs) I know how this works. Do you? Did you do this as well, Carrie? I I did not do it, although there was a lot of talk about it. Yeah, Um, but I can tell you how it works because I'm medical. Um, When the baby's born, before they clamp the cord, Mm -hmm. they um, uh, before they I'm sorry before they cut it from the placenta. They lower the baby below where the mom is so that the cord blood that the baby needs is drained into them. They clamp uh, a part and they withdraw the blood from it and then they spin it. They centrifuge it and then um, freeze it. Interesting. So the deal is is that, yes, exactly like uh, we were told from our good friend Matthew that um, they – the idea is that the stem cells can be used for regenerating anything that you need. There is no guarantee that they will be viable when you need mm-hmm. them. There right. is no guarantee that they will do what you need them to. But it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah. It ain't cheap. I'll tell you that exactly. right now. And that's, and, that's what Joseph, and that's what Joseph was saying. He's like, I'm getting hit with all – I mean, they're selling it hard. Oh, and yeah, I remember. Do. I remember kind of going through that. Um, I wasn't a candidate because of – how I gave birth, mm-hmm. but um, the there's a whole community around it. But uh, yeah. if you, I mean, I think it's great. If you, if I thought I could get a magic bullet in my back pocket, mm-hmm. if I and if I had it, would I be using it now to see if I could fix Eden? Sure, yeah. but yeah. I would almost hate to know that I went through it and then go to use it and then have it not work. But it, so you can't really live in reverse, I yeah. guess. But and that that's one of the things is they are they are studying whether or not use of cord blood stem cells can help with type 1 diabetes. Oh, interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So we did that, and I'm sitting here now going, ooh, you know, in, in the future, you know, sometime, right. theoretically, this is something that's there. But again, I agree with you. If we go and it does not work and we try to use that, and, you know, that it, it's certainly not a magic bullet, but it's one of those things that is interesting, mm-hmm. you know. The technology yeah. around it Yeah, it's, it's kind advance. of a... I always feel like it's it's kind of it was one of the things that they really did press on us and they really made a big point of you could do this and you could do this and you could do this. This one we chose to do some of the other stuff where they're like, yes, you need to do this and you need to make sure you're breastfeeding. And I'm like, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's definitely it, it's a decision that you're going to have to make. And can I ask who you went with? Because I don't. A- 
actually remember. Viacord is the biggest one out there. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. And they usually, they they have the kits. You know, they keep them, they sell them to hospitals. They have them available. Um, They are definitely, the technology is there. But when you, for me, I was reading, you know, we didn't know a whole lot about stem cells other than it was a, hey, it might work. Yeah. You know, but they do, they come at you with, in ten years, when your child has leukemia, <laughs> yeah, they kind of the, the sales tactic is a little, yeah, the sales yeah, tactics is uh. they're rough, and I think that's what Joseph was kind of like. Uh, what's well, uh, it's, that's so. the, the sell is the bad thing. Yeah. It's not the company. Yeah. The company's got a great idea and it's a great opportunity. If and if you can avail yourself of it, and the financial outlay is not something that you would blink twice at, given the possible ramifications of it. I think it's a great idea for for me. It, it wasn't something that I chose to do with my kids um, because, for, on a kind of a theological note, I kind of figured if my kids got sick, I would deal with it then, mm-hmm. and that's what I've done. Yeah. So, um, could, could I maybe maybe in ten years they'll say, "Hey, you know, we'll take some of uh, your brother's children's blood, and we can get some of the same genetic material and give it to Eden." It's a lot out there. I could also mm-hmm. be giving her, you know, hemp oil in the next few weeks. So, I mean. Things change, yeah. and you don't yeah, know yeah. what you're going to need. But yeah. if you live, I think if you live under the shadow of, oh, my kid's going to get sick. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah, I got to do this because I got to. My kid's going to have leukemia because Viacor told me so. Like, yeah, you're going to yeah. be that parent who is hovering mm. and freaking out, it's, and oh my god, about everything. So it's essentially kind of a, a theoretical insurance policy. And you know, when you do insurance, it started out as a form of legalized gambling. I bet you'll have an accident. I bet I won't. Yeah, yeah. You you have to make that decision, and you yeah. do have to make it on a financial level, and you cannot. And I, I cannot stress this too much. You cannot let making that financial decision be something that you guilt yourself over. Right. Yeah. If it's something you can do and you choose to do it, yes. If it's something you can't do, it is simply something you can't do, and there's right. you know you can't ter- torture yourself about it. So yeah, I, I kind of um, the inf- I was information overload to the point where I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like. I was like, eh, I'm not doing it. That's kind of um, how we got. We were yeah. so overloaded. We were like, fine. Just yeah. fine. Well, we got hit with it when, you know, I'm in the emergency room. Uh, not the emergency room. I'm in the operating room having a C-section. And they're like, so? I'm like, look, my guts are all over the table. Can we discuss this maybe, <laughs> I don't know, pre-anesthesia next time? Like, you know, yeah. don't hit me with it. When you hit me with it at a time where my focus is elsewhere, for me, bad salesmanship. Yeah. But it's just like anything else. I think Joe's doing a great job of getting educated before Mm -hmm. he goes in and Mm -hmm. has the baby. He knows what his options are, and that gives you more power over the decisions that you make and understanding that even down the line, were something to happen and had you not chosen this as an option, you feel good about who you are and what you've done because you know that you gave it – you might go, oh, buyer's regret. I wish I had. Well – you know, I think we all feel like that as parents. Whenever our kids get hurt, I yeah. wish I could have stopped it. Yeah. Yes. Well, but you can't live that way. And yeah. I think just doing the the smart, knowledgeable kind of thinking through it, Joe, you're doing the right stuff. Yeah. And so. if you have feedback for Joe, he he actually posted his question in the My Extra Life forum. So you can head on over to forum.myextralife.com, look for Nerd Parents, and uh, he's like one of two. So we, he's already gotten one response uh, on, based on someone else's experience so head on over there and uh, give joe your feedback as well on uh, cord banking and feel free to talk with the other nerd parents in there it's a cool place we try to go in there from time to time yep we I'm, can i'm bad at forums <laughs> i'm bad at internet actually. 
People are like, have you checked on X? I'm like, no, but have you looked over here? <laughs> that space pirate's got blonde hair. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, so let's wrap up the show. Just a friendly reminder, you can find everything we talked about in the show notes over at nerdparents.com. You can also send us an email. So if you have a game recommendation or a question you want to ask, you can send it directly to us at nerdparents at gmail.com. You can find all of us on Twitter and talk with, talk with us there. We're, we actually respond. Uh, <laughs> Nicole Spag is me. Uh, Mighty King Cobra is Matthew. I know, right? Yeah. And Coffee Please, PLZ, uh, is Miss Carrie here. All right. So thanks so much, chat room, uh, for hanging out with us. Oh, we have Eric in the chat room. Eric, we'll Yay. have him back Yay. on the show. We love you, Eric. <laughs> so we'll talk with you in a week. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hello, nerd parents. This is Dan. And this is Lauren. And this is your family game at recommendation. Today we're going to talk about Spot It by Blue Orange Games. Spot It comes in a real cute tin and there are literally a million different versions of Spot It. Well, I doubt there's a million versions of it, Peanut. Daddy! Well, there's a lot. And some examples besides the original are NHL and Major League Baseball Spot It, Spot It Numbers and Shapes, Spot It Junior, and Spot It Family. Each card in Spot It features eight different symbols with the symbols varying in size from one card to the next. Any two cards have exactly one symbol in common. There are a few different variants to play Spot It, but there's one which are, is our favorite in our family. In this variant, everyone gets one card, and then you place the pile of cards in the center of the table. Everyone then has to find what matches between their card and the center, and the center card. And if they do, they get that card. Then the next card is revealed and you do it again. It's a race to get the most cards when, and then the pile is done. Everyone then adds up how many cards they have and the one with the most is the winner. This is a great game for when you're waiting for dinner at a restaurant and trying to keep for kids from killing each other. I love this game because it's so much fun. It's, it's quick and easy. You can learn it in like, boom, two seconds. <laughs> You can, find these, you can find these just about anywhere, usually in stores like Target or any friendly local game stores, or you can get them on Amazon for about $10 each. To find Spot It easily, check out the link Nicole will put in the show notes. Have a great week, everyone, and see you guys next week. Bye!